Welcome back to another episode of Giant Cocktails, the podcast where two lifelong San Francisco Giants fans talk about their favorite baseball team while enjoying homemade cocktails. I'm your host, Ben Henry, alongside my brother and co-host, Matthew Henry. Say hello, Matthew. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right, man. The Giants went four and two this week against the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, splitting a two-game series and then taking three out of four at home against the super hot Cubs, who had just come off sweeping the evil San Diego Padres in Chicago and then showed up having gone, I think they were something like, 15 and four in their last 19 games before they lost three in a row to the San Francisco Giants. Unfortunately, they lost today or they, they beat the Cubs won today, beating our San Francisco Giants today on Sunday, June 6th, as we report record this podcast. Uh, but all in all, another good week. I'll Gained a couple of games on the opponents. That's right. We're now two up on the Padres, three up on the Dodgers. Best record in in baseball. Indeed, indeed. It sounds oh, like no, it... Well, Tampa Bay's got 38 wins, but uh, so I don't know. That's oh, the... did they win today? They yeah, did. So they they're, did, they're, yeah. So second... Oh, actually, we have a better winning percentage. So. There it is. There it is. Best record still, in baseball. Still better. Still better. Not as many wins, but... but One less when, when we win, we do it more often. Um, anyway, it sounds like a good reason to celebrate. Uh, so, Matthew... What are you drinking this week? I am drinking something. Well, before I say that, I you know again I am exploring uh, different types of of cocktails and you know being the newbie. And so I went out last week and you know last week I I had a Angostura bitters inspired drink, and and this one uh, this time I was looking for something that I could add my orange bitters, which I recently purchased. So I came across a classic cocktail called the Pegu Club cocktail. Pegu is P-E-G-U. And it's it's kind of along the in the sour family. So but it's made with gin. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's got it's two a ounces personal of gin. favorite of mine. Yeah. yeah. It's a you know nice clean flavor. You got gin, three three quarter ounces of orange liqueur. I, I chose Cointreau of course. Uh, half ounce of lime juice, two dashes of my orange bitters. Uh, and then you shake it all up until it's really, really cold, and you pour it up in a uh, chilled cocktail glass and garnish with a lime. Yeah, this is so. This is not you know a, a cocktail that I would typically uh, try because you know, I think I do favor the sweeter cocktails. This one doesn't have any sweetener in it, but at the same time, you know, it the, the lime juice and the Cointreau uh, balance nicely. I think with uh, with the gin, and it's um, you know I think. For me, it's nice and refreshing. It's hot here today in Northern California, and uh, I had to kind of reserve. I had to hold back on on really chugging it. I've been trying to kind of nurse it as we've been uh, getting ready to start our podcast. I think for me, because it doesn't have any sweetener, I might want to like line the rim with maybe some some vanilla sugar or some like fine sugar or something around there to add a little sweetness, maybe. Uh, but I know that's not what the classic cocktail is. This, I'm drinking it as as the classic cocktail. And uh, so it's it's a nice cocktail. I, I enjoy it. Um, you know, it's not something that I might choose all the time because it tend, I tend to go for those sweeter ones. But uh, in this instance, I'm liking it. And I think it's a good choice for my orange bitters. So with that, cheers. Cheers. And what are you drinking? 
Well, I am actually drinking a whiskey sour. Uh, this one is actually an egg sour. I, I I do want to comment slightly on your cocktail a little bit because, like I said, as I rudely interrupted you, the, the Pegu Club is actually one of my favorite classic cocktails. It, it is a gin cocktail, and I'm a big fan of gin cocktails. And uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, it is a little, it's not quite as sweet. It, it is a more, I guess in my mind, I would think of it as a sophisticated cocktail. You know, the one that you would sit there at the bar and, and drink and, and look uh, look like you uh, you belong there. Um, but uh, I, I do, th- I think usually it calls for aromatic bitters. I, I think the tying in of your orange, you know, replacing that with the orange bitters is a, is a really nice call because yeah, obviously it has the orange liqueur in there. So um, yeah, nice choice. Good well, choice. Well, thank you. And and if, if you say this makes me look sophisticated, then I will definitely order these more because I could use all the I meant you in a general sense. I didn't mean you specifically. So, <laughs> I, you know. Hey, I, I'll take I, whatever help I can get. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. It, it might help you look more sophisticated if, you know, you're still in the negative area. Yeah. But Well, but it certainly sure. doesn't have like. You know, a little cocktail. It doesn't have a umbrella hanging off with a, <laughs> no with a big umbrella. chunk of fruit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not leaving behind a, a trail of sugar granules. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I am also drinking. Pegu Club is a classic. I am drinking another classic, as I mentioned, an egg sour, which all it is is a whiskey sour, but it's made with an egg white. So the uh, the ingredients are uh, two parts whiskey, one part lemon juice, one part simple syrup, and which is really just a, a simple whiskey sour. Uh, but then you do um, you take the egg white, um, the white of a single egg, uh, about a you know I don't know, about an ounce maybe maybe slightly less, of egg white. And and you put that into a shaker with the rest of your ingredients and you do what's called a dry shake. And what that does is it actually causes the egg white to emulsify and become very, very foamy, right? So this creates a very foamy kind of rich cocktail, um, which adds a lot of mouthfeel and makes the cocktail feel much more, um, has, have a lot more body when you're drinking it. And uh, it really, really changes the cocktail significantly, which and I had mentioned earlier in the season, I, I, earlier in the, in the podcast and one of our earlier episodes that, that and I made a whiskey sour that I wanted to come back to this with a bunch of their different variations. And, and this is one of those variations. Uh, it's my favorite. And, and what I did in this particular case is I actually added a couple of drops of Angostura bitters just on top of the, the foam because it creates a nice foam head. Uh, and it adds a little bit of color to it and some flavor, but that's uh, sort of just an extra little garnish that I did on the side. Um, I do want to mention that, yes, the egg white is raw, uh, you know, so, um, so what I would say to that is, uh, you know, don't try this at home. Um, well, you could get pasteurized egg whites. From yeah, you can. Yes, you can. So that, that's what I would suggest you do. Get pasteurized egg whites and, and then you can make one of these safely. Um, and uh, and enjoy them um, without worrying about things. I didn't do that, but you know, like living said, dangerously. Don't don't do as I do. Uh, uh, do as I, I safely suggest. But um, egg whites are pretty common in cocktails quite quite often. Um, I think I think people do get a little put off by the the rawness of the eggs, but um, they really do create wonderful cocktails. So. 
And I thought it was a good time to go back to, you know, just kind of a basic classic cocktail because I felt like, you know, we had just these emotional weeks, you know, with with the Dodger series, both of them, you know, the the lows of getting swept at home and then the highs of, of winning three out of four in, in Chavez Ravine and sort of getting payback and feeling like riding the ship. And and I felt like even though, I mean, this has been a great week from a, um, I mean, there's some bad things that happened during this week, certainly that we will talk about, but, but I think uh, it was a great week in terms of reestablishing the Giants as the dominant team in the NL West, you know, still perplexing everybody. Uh, that they're staying atop the standings. And and at the same time, it felt like the week wasn't just a normal baseball week. There, It wasn't full of intrigue and drama. And and it even felt like the losses that the Giants suffered this week, the, the one loss on uh, to the, what was it, on Thursday, Wednesday, sorry, against to, to the Angels. Uh, and, then, and then the loss uh, today to to the cubs just felt like those games that any baseball team is going to lose right they didn't they weren't heartbreakers there weren't it wasn't a situation where you could point at any one person and say you know oh they made this fatal mistake that cost us uh, the game today had some some rough moments for sure but you know I think there were just so many of them today that it felt like you know it's just one of those games that just didn't seem destined to go their way well no and I, today's game uh, you know, you talk about baseball being a game of inches. And in, in our case, there were, you know, Dickerson, I think, had a ball with runners on base that, you know, died right in front of the right field wall. Uh, it was a ball hit to left that was, you know, I thought was gone and, you know, died. You know, it just, I, I feel like, you know, you, you think about where there was a few instances where the game really could have changed and it just didn't, you know, and um, it wasn't like the guys, you know, they weren't hitting the ball. You know, they got some good wood on balls and they just didn't drop. And so sometimes that's just the way baseball falls. So Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and then there was that play at the home plate where Dubon with the bases loaded came in and, and you know, was trying to throw that guy out at home and it hit Posey's glove and then bounced away. That really seemed like another case where it was a game of inches. And then, you know, I or think... Or their pitcher getting a double and then, you yeah, know, Yeah, just... yeah. And then, you know, sometimes it just comes down to, to, to how much baseball wisdom you have. And I, I think that the Giants had a lot more wisdom today <laughs> than the Giants did. Oh, and... Cubs had way too much wisdom for us, I think, this today. <laughs> he was about the only guy that was playing for them well all weekend. He had been hot coming in, and he was hot during the series, and boy, yeah. It, he... Well, he's a Northern California guy, too. He went to St. Mary's College. And, that's right, uh, that's right. I, and... I saw them mentioning that on the broadcast. Uh, and he's a rookie, right? He hasn't been up for I don't long. recognize his name. I don't know anywhere where this guy came from. Uh, you know, I, I, I didn't... Mentioned... I didn't I didn't do my I didn't do my homework. I, I didn't watch the Cubs as much uh, this previous week, and uh, and so so no. I mean, like I don't know. We'll have to dive deep on him, but um, yeah, he roughed the Giants up, and he's he not only been roughing up the Giants. He's been roughing up a lot of people. So it's not like he came out of nowhere and, and was a surprise. Um, but um, yeah, I, I've had about enough of him, though. You know, I, good on the Northern California boy. Great, great. Just go back to Chicago now already, please, because <laughs> I've had just about enough of you, sir. Well, the great thing about the Cubs, uh, we we took three or four, something that the Padres and the Dodgers were not able to do. You know, so, uh, you know, definitely 
uh, you know, for those who are saying, well, the Giants haven't beaten anyone and they haven't played anyone above 500 and, you know, all that, I think, you know, this kind of answered, you know, some of that with, you know, the you Cubs know, man, that have been I'm playing so well. I'm so tired of those people. You know, whatever. They're 500 <laughs> against the Padres and the Dodgers. Like, what more do they want? You know, they've yeah. beaten every team that they played. And some of those teams were in first place when they played them. Yeah. You know, I think like the Reds early on. And the Reds were hitting like crazy when we played them. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, give me a break. You know, whatever. I'm so sick of these pundits. You know, (laughs) I I just, you know, I mean, every week they just look dumber and dumber. I mean, like they just cannot explain what's happening to the San Francisco Giants. And so they're just like, they're just going to keep going back to the well. And they're like figuring, well, at least, you know, at some point the Giants will start losing and I'll start looking right again. I don't know. But anyway, sorry. Yeah. Well, right now, I think as of, well, before today, I don't know what the record is now. I mean, I can't, didn't do the math before today, but after yesterday, they were on pace for 103 wins, the Giants. And the only reason that I'm even looking that far ahead is because, you know, you promised to do multiple shots during a podcast if the Giants <laughs> win 100 games. So now I have a vested interest in the Giants hitting 100 games, uh, 100 okay. wins. So. Okay, I, I think, I think, I think, I think I hedged my bets already by saying, like, I could do liqueur shots. Right. This doesn't have to be like a straight hardcore spirit. So first of all, and the only reason I'm saying that is because I'm starting to get a little nervous that, yeah, this is getting a little dangerous. You know, I still believe that 100 games is is just 100 games is ludicrous for any team. Right. And I think, you know, every year you maybe have one to three teams that play that well and win that many games. And they are the class of baseball. And that is just, I, I don't know. I'm just not, I, I, I especially think it's really, really difficult uh, for the Giants to do it. Uh, just like I think it's the same reason why it's going to be difficult for the Padres and the Dodgers to do it. Because they clearly are the three best teams in the National League. And they're going to have to play each other a lot more than than any other team is playing, you know, those, well... I guess other than the Rockies and the Diamondbacks, <laughs> those poor guys, you know, so I, I do think it's going to be hard for any of them to win a hundred games because of that. I, I think, you know, I think the fact that the Giants have now asserted themselves means it's it's highly unlikely that either the Padres or the Dodgers will do it. So so I am I am confident. I am confident that I will not have to do those shots. And I also want to, just in case, start mentioning things of like, you know, Matthew, we don't want to encourage people to do irresponsible things like putting egg whites in their cocktails or binge drinking. So, you know, maybe this whole shot thing wasn't a good idea to begin with. Sure. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I I agree. It's probably not the most responsible thing to do, but I really want to see it. Yeah. What you're saying is you don't care. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think yeah. we can have a disclaimer at the front. They do as do as we say, not as we do. And then we just watch you get sloppy drunk. Right, right. Well, you know, who are we kidding? I would enjoy doing it. I mean, let's face it. Let's face it. I would totally enjoy doing it. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm sorry. I, I still don't believe the Giants are going to reach 100 wins. I think, as I have said multiple times throughout this season, I think the... The only thing that is going to hold the Giants back at this point is going to be injuries 
and and in, in particular for the starting rotation, just general fatigue. And while I think the starting rotation has, I mean, this definitely had some bumps, right? Sanchez and Cueto and, and Logan Webb, who I don't know if you count Logan Webb as part of the original starting rotation because he, he, well, I guess he was because Wood was out, right? Yes. So, yeah, I mean, I guess the Giants kind of have we like six, six starters. They have yeah. six starters, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So, anyway, so I, half of their rotation has spent time on the IL already this year. But the thing that has blown me away, the thing that has just absolutely amazed me about this team is their resiliency and how much they have been able to play through, you know, successfully and very well through these injuries and, and, you know, we just had to, I just kept wondering, like, is there a point where they're going to reach the bottom of the well? And I do remember that there was a, there was a red flag that you threw up. You said, if this happens, then I think <laughs> it's a sign that they've reached the bottom of the well. And I don't know what you said. It was something no, like I'm going to cry, remember. or I, I'm going to. I a- remember. I we were in a text exchange, and I said, "You said not to panic." And I said, "This was several weeks ago when injuries were starting to hit." And you said, "Don't panic." And I said, "Okay, but if Tyro Estrada gets re- called up, then I'm going to panic." <laughs> and so today, Mr. Estrada got his first set bat as a giant, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a little panicked. Yeah, you know, yeah. because because why he's there is because of Evan Longoria, and uh, you know, getting taken out like the trash by Brandon Crawford uh, yesterday, and you know, very nice, you know, shoulder tackle by Brandon Crawford, I must say, but wrong sport. And, uh, you know, and, and Longoria never saw him coming. And, you know, so now he's out for four to six weeks. And that's a huge blow. I mean, I think you know, at the beginning of the season, you and I were talking about how Longoria was, you know, going to be a bench role player. And, you know, obviously we were very wrong about that, thankfully. Uh, but now, you know, we've, we've, we've come to rely on him. I mean, he was batting over 400 over the last week. And now all yeah. of a sudden he's on the IL for... You know, no, I mean, we were weeks. incredibly wrong about that. I, I think, I mean, two things happened there. Number one, he he put up great numbers. But number two, the guy who was supposed to be starting in his stead got hurt and is one of those many people on the IL, Tommy Lestella. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, he's he's been a huge part. And that was exactly my point, which is, have we reached, have we reached the bottom of the barrel? Is this where the Giants' depth and resiliency, you know, breaks? And, and they finally, you know, start to lose games because they can't cover all of these injuries. And, you know, I... I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. We, we really don't know what's going to happen until we see Tyro Estrada play. And we see how, I mean, I guess the starting third baseman now is going to be Mauricio Dubon. Is that, is he already? Well, I think it's going to be Flores. Uh, yeah, okay, fair. And, uh, yeah, and, well, and Vossler, right? Oh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So that's the righty-lefty combination. I mean, certainly Dubon has played well when he's played over there, so he could be part of that, too. But I think that just speaks to here we are trying to decide who's going to play third. How many teams have that kind of option where you're sitting there going, well, which player out of our, you know, all of our infields, you know, would be the best option at third base? Usually there's only one. Right. I mean, and and we've got several. 
So, you know, that that really in itself speaks to to our depth. And uh, it's pretty amazing that we can even have that conversation because, you know, Flores and, and you know, and Vossler and Dubon have all contributed at some point this season and have been, you know, serviceable major league players. Now, have they been Longoria type players? No. But but if you have a Flores Vossler lefty righty combo at third, could you come close to the production that you had with Longoria? You know, maybe not in the long ball area, uh, but, uh, you know, maybe, you know, because they're both have, you know, Vossler is supposed to hit well against righties and 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 Flores is supposed to hit well against lefties. And you might have that, uh, you know, that that plug and play option there. So that's pretty amazing. I think that we've got that kind of depth. Well, I think that's amazing, but I also think that that's by design, right? Totally. It, it really is interesting because I think this is the key thing that has made the Giants good this year, right? Like it, it, the number of injuries the Giants have had is just mind boggling. And it, and it feels, I think, at times uh, overwhelming, right? You, it just it's like it's hard to believe how many how many injuries can one team have. The one thing I do well, 14 wanna... is yeah. how many the answer to that right. question. <laughs> right, right. In fact, in fact, before you get into it, because I know I just think it's amazing the quality of depth we have on the injured list right now. We have a serviceable major league team on and I'm going to run that through you right now. OK, all right. Give it to me. Starting catcher for the all injured team. Kurt Casale. Right. Ooh, yeah. You've good, got... good, good guy. Works really well with the staff. Not really good at the plate, though. But OK. No. But sure. and then you've got Brandon Belt at first. Oh, great first baseman, yep. Rangy. Tommy LaStella at second. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, that guy's got some good versatility. He can hit for power. He's got some good speed. I like him, yeah. Yeah, and then Longoria at third. Oh, who doesn't love Aaron Longoria? Great third yeah, baseman. Right. I mean, he's getting a little old, but, you know, uh, he can still, He's he's, he's been he's been really good recently, I hear. Okay. And then you've got, you know, Darren Ruff and Wright. Uh, yeah, that guy yeah. spent some time in Korea, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. But, you know, he's been a very good player when he's played for the Giants. Uh, could also play a little first base. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. Uh, then we've got Yastrzemski in center. Oh, you mean uh, you mean, you mean mean the Hall of Famer's grandkid? That's right. That's yeah. Right. Who yeah, has, you know, yeah. been a pretty yeah, darn good Yeah, I hear he got leader. overlooked for a while, but he's but he's been pretty good since he's been in the majors. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, don't forget Jalen Davis, you know, uh, also on the IL, could play, you know, left field. So we've got a starting outfield of Davis, Yastrzemski, and Ruff. Uh, you know, and then and then for for the pitching staff, we've got uh, you know Webb and Aaron Sanchez as our one-two on the starting you know rotation. Okay, uh, and then and then our left-handed reliever out of the bullpen is Barriger, right? Uh, and who's, who's uh, had a fantastic season. Yeah, and then and then the right-handed reliever out of the bullpen, Maranta. You know, yeah. so I I think the guys that are on our IL could right. finish third in the National League West. Right. Like I I feel like <laughs> that's a good team. I, that is a, I, good it is team. a good team. I, I, I mean, they've only you only got you got you got Webb, Sanchez, and Beatty. I don't know who you have starting after that, though. You know, well, not that you know, I want to wish any more starting hypothetical, <laughs> right? I mean, I <laughs> right, right. I just feel like in a one on in a one game playoff series, <laughs> there you go. Our, our team there would do go. well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, granted they don't have anybody at shortstop, but uh, you know, but every other position is covered, which is this just is amazing. definitely a team we don't want to get better. <laughs> no, <laughs> this is a team no. we don't want to get better. Okay, look. Look, first of all, a lot of these guys are are not hurt for a long time. You know, I, I mean, 
Maranta, Listella, and unfortunately Longoria are all on that list for for an extended period of time. Yeah, until I, I July, think, at least, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the good news is though that a lot of these guys are actually coming back real soon. So you know, I, I think Yastrzemski is a couple weeks away, but Belt is like allegedly imminent. Um, you know, Webb. I think I think they felt like he. Uh, well, he he confessed. He confessed that he rushed himself back too early. He was mad for having missed the Dodgers start. And he said he really didn't want to miss the second one. So he rushed himself back too early. Hmm. And and at least that's what he's saying. And, you know, I think when a player says that, you, you got to take it at face value and you got to believe it. I, I think I think he's young. And I think he probably learned his lesson and let's, you know, and it doesn't seem like it was catastrophic. They did MRIs and there's no structural damage. And so this sounds like just a muscle issue. And so, you know, uh, or just maybe like a strained ligament or whatever. But but the point is, is that he's got to rest. He's got to rest and he's got to miss probably a couple of starts. And that is absolutely the right thing for him to do. So he's he's a little bit further away. But I think Sanchez is, Sanchez was throwing batting practice to Vossler and and somebody else uh, recently. Uh, Beatty is is Beatty. I think right now the biggest concern is that he seems healthy, but he's doesn't have wild. his command yet. Yeah, and so it, it feels like he's probably in that spring training phase. Right of his yeah. of his comeback, Barriger is not uh, the concern. There is not doesn't seem to be very deep, so he's going to be coming back soon. And and like I said, Maranta is a little bit more further long term, but um, but I think they did figure out what is going on with him, and it doesn't feel like it is a it doesn't seem like there's any damage there. So it's again just resting and getting him back. So I think we're going to see Reyes Maranta back this year. And I was there was a part of the season where I wasn't sure that was going to happen. So. So that's the good news. I think also, I mean, I don't know that this is good news per se. I think, you know, one of the things that when you're a fan of one team, you you only see and you only really, you know, you kind of live in a vacuum. And and you don't really get a perspective of like how bad things are for everyone else and for better or for worse. The San Francisco Giants, yes, the San Francisco Giants have a lot of people on the IL right now, but I think they and the San Diego Padres have the same number. Um, the Arizona Diamondbacks, I know, you know, who cares about the Diamondbacks, but but whatever. The point is, is that they have 13 people on the IL. I think Madison Bumgarner just went down, which mm. is a huge blow for them after the way he had been performing. Um, you know, some really big names throughout baseball have gone on the IL recently. Uh, and a lot of teams are are dealing with this issue, and it seems to be happening at a much, much higher rate. And I think everybody believes that the, the reason for this is, is, is 2020, right? The 2020 season and how shortened it was, and a lot of these guys didn't get the same level of conditioning and work that they normally would have in that year, and so now you're starting to see uh, some of the the repercussions of that because they're they're playing you know every day at full force now and they've been doing it for a couple of months and that lack of conditioning from the previous season is starting to have an impact. It should be interesting to see how this impacts teams over the rest of the year. You on one hand you could say oh it's only going to get worse, but on the other hand you could say you know what 
maybe it'll get better as these guys get stronger and they get more and more games underneath them. So, so I don't know. It should just be really interesting to see, especially I think on the starting pitching side, just how this this impacts everybody. But but it's right. not just the Giants, is what I'm trying to say. But what is unique about the Giants? And where I was trying to go with this before, before you you gave me this all-star IL team, was that the Giants have persevered through this extremely well, right? And their yeah. depth is what has been keeping them in first place. That along with the starting pitching, right? I mean, we can't discount what what Gosman, Desclafani, and and all of them have done, right? When they've been there or when, you know, regardless, you know, I think the six of them that, especially those six main guys, what they have done when they have been available has been has been the reason that this Giants team is in first place. But, but I think the versatility and the depth is a close second reason for that. And, you know, you mentioned how many different options the Giants have to play um, third base. But I was thinking the other day that the Giants had six center fielders on their roster. And it was possible for them to put five of those guys on the field at the same time. Yep. Right. Because a center fielder, anybody who can play center field can play can play right or left. Right. And. And then Lamont Way Jr. plays a very good first base. I mean, he's like, he seems to be, you know, their primary first baseman right now. And Maurizio Dubon, of course, has they have turned him into that super sub and he can reliably play six positions on the field, right? So he Isn't can that play. crazy? Six positions. It is totally crazy. But But here's the thing. You know, when they got him, he was a middle infielder. Yeah. Right? And that was just, what, two years, two years ago. ago? Yeah. And they got him and they worked with him specifically to turn him into what he is today. And the guy has some head issues, I think, sometimes on defense. I, I think we saw that yesterday. And, and you know, oh, it was brutal have, yesterday. <laughs> it may have indirectly led to that that injury. I think the shift also was largely to blame there um, as well in that injury, that collision between Crawford and, and Longoria. I mean, the third baseman is supposed to go after every ball he can get to. Uh, the shortstop is also supposed to play his position. And so that was the shortstop's ball, but Longoria was positioned such that he could get there and kapow. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's because, you know, all of the rules that these guys have been taught their whole lives were built around people being in their normal standard positions. And now you have them in these freaky, weird shifts and and things change. And, you know, I, and I, I think, unfortunately, that was one of the negative outcomes of that. But getting back to to Dubon, the you know, they went out and they made him into that. They worked really, really hard to make him a good outfielder. And even though he is occasionally a bit of a head case in terms of like, you know, making defensive miscues, uh, particularly when he's transferring the ball from his glove hand to his throwing hand, and he is a little bit prone to make some uh, base running mistakes, the guy has great athletic ability to get to the ball and he makes great throws. Right. So, you know, as long as he gets that transfer down and most of the time he does, he's an excellent defensive player at all of those positions. And that's amazing. Yeah. Right. But but I think that that's what the Giants have been doing with every single one of these players that they have been getting. Right. They are looking for guys who have defensive versatility or the potential for defensive versatility, which they can then um 
execute on by coaching a guy how to play this position better or to reintroduce him to a position that he had played in previously. For example, Lamont Wade Jr. had played first base in college, right? And so I think the Giants worked with him specifically to get him back into to play that position as a pro and also be able to play the outfield. Why does that matter? Well, it matters because now you don't have a silo at each and every position, right? You now have, when somebody gets hurt, say, at center field, you have five or six options of guys that you can call up instead of two or three because you have that defensive versatility, which means you have many more options to bring up the kind of bat that you want to bring up when you lose somebody at a specific position. And that's why that defensive versatility matters. And the Giants have built this team to have that versatility, both on the acquisition side, but then also on the coaching side, right? So they have worked really, really hard to build and improve this team in terms of its defensive versatility, which gives them a lot of options so that you have the best bat available when somebody goes down. And I think that is a large reason why so many of these guys end up on the IL and it hasn't had as significant of an impact on the offensive production as it might have been. And in fact, based on the way this team was hitting when they started the season, they're better. Right. I mean, yeah. it's, it's it, which is mind boggling. Right. You've it got all of these injuries yeah. and they're scoring more runs than they have at any point during the season. Well, yeah. And I know that when when Farhan Zaidi first took over, you know, it was it was kind of fun to see. Well, not fun. I don't know if fun is the word, but it was interesting to see uh, <laughs> the the kind of the 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 merry-go-round on the waiver wire for the the Giants right after Farhan Zaidi took over. Yeah. I mean, it was constant. You know, you were that back in the last like four or five spots on the forty-man roster was constantly getting churned over, and you were just getting guys that were you know it, literally there one day and gone the next. And I think he was you know just how can he incrementally improve the depth of the team? And, you know, obviously that was pre-COVID. I think the more it was just, you know, get good baseball players on your team, uh, but also get versatile good baseball players mm-hmm. on your team. Because, you know, when I think, you know, traditionally it's, you know, you want those guys that can play multiple positions because it allows you to play that lefty-righty matchup a lot better when you can swap a guy out for a different position. So if a right-hander is in center field and is and is his at bat comes up when there's a right hander on the mound and you want to put a left hander in there. Well, you need a left hander that can play center, right? So it's, you know, we've got six of them. So it, it definitely makes it uh, a little bit easier to do that. But with COVID and last year's 60 game season, and I think that this has just been kind of the serendipitous result of that. And, and I'm currently looking at the 13 position players on the Giants right now. Six of them were not in the opening day, were not on the opening day roster. So almost <laughs> half. Were, were not on the team at the time. And, you know, Mike Talkman wasn't even in the organization. So, you know, we've got Lamont Wade Jr. wasn't on the opening day roster. He's been very significantly, you know, playing lately. Uh, Steven Duggar, who has been lights out, arguably our best hitter in the month of May, wasn't on the roster opening day. Uh, Chadwick Trump, obviously, up for Casali. But then you had Jason Vossler, uh, Tyro Strada. You know, all these guys now uh, are, you know, coming up. And I think the culture of the team right now is that it's expected that they're just going to plug and play, right? They're going to step in and they're going to do their job. Next man up. They, yeah. That's right. And, and I think that, the, you know, the expectation is, is that you have a role to play. You don't have to be the guy. You just have to play your role. 
and right. whether that's good defense uh, and uh, uh, a tough at bat, right? So yeah. those are the two things it seems that they value, right? Some guys that can play good defense and guys that can give you an at bat that will make the pitcher work, right? So even if you strike out, but you made the guy throw eight, nine pitches, then you know that's a good at bat. And yeah. so, uh, so I think, and and all of these guys meet that criteria right now. And you know, since I know early on in the season in April, we were like, oh god, the offense is just awful. Well, since May, they lead the National League in OPS and weighted runs created plus. I mean, they are a good offensive team. And it hasn't been necessarily from the guys that started the season. So uh, pretty amazing that they've been able to create this depth and just plug people in and us to continue to roll. Yeah, and I think you make a great point there. It isn't about any one guy. And and yes, I mean, the Giants have a few key guys that are that are hard to lose, like Longoria might be one of those guys. I think also Longoria's injury hurts just because it's like how many more of the guys at those positions can we stand to lose? Well, I think this but, is it. I don't. I don't yeah. think we can have another one. Yeah. Right. Right. And we don't even know if they can withstand this. Right. Right. I mean, it, it remains to be seen. <laughs> it remains to be seen whether or not they can withstand the loss of of Evan Longoria. I mean, so far they're zero and one. But you know, I, I think you know. I mean, if Belt can come back and and make that lineup better uh, and play every day, then then maybe, and, and, you know, hopefully he comes back and he hits well, then, you know, I mean, that, it, you know, it hurts a little bit less. And and maybe they can have a few more of these other guys come back and, and continue to to improve, the, you know, the team. Like Yastrzemski eventually coming back will will help as well. So, so you know, I mean, it, it's just, you just hope that it keeps, it keeps playing out this way. But you know, like you said, I do think eventually, I mean, obviously they can't, they can't continue to lose people at a, r- a higher rate than they can replace them. And they will eventually have hit the bottom of the barrel. And I think you're right. Tyro Estrada, it was sort of the last line. And, you know, if he's on the everyday roster, then that means the Giants had pretty much hit the bottom of the barrel in terms of injuries and who they can replace them with. Well, the, the so, good news about Tyro and, uh, you know, it's when he first came on, I was like, oh, Lord. But yeah, he's actually been playing pretty well in Triple A. So he, I think he was uh, actually the Rivercats' leading hitter coming into uh, right. you know, when he got. So so I'll take that, right? Take the hot guy from the minors, and hopefully he can keep that going. And you know, sure, sure. Out. And I, I think I mean I think the point is is that yeah, he is your replacement, and so he is the one guy that you're like, yes, we still have one left. But you know, I, I think at a certain extent, you know, like you, you know, you can't go much deeper than him. Um, no. Yeah, agreed. Agreed on that. Um, but it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, and I think, uh, I, yeah, I mean, I don't know, Matthew. This team has surprised us in every other way, so so maybe they'll surprise us in this way as well. And, and they'll get over this, and then all those guys will come back, and then they'll just rip-roar into late July, into July and, uh, and, you know, on their way to the World Series. Well, and, and I think, you know, the, the other thing that we haven't really talked about is the starting pitching. You know, they DFA'd. Both Casimir and Tropiano, uh, your guy Tropiano, <laughs> I... and uh, you've been so high on him all year, and and you know inexplicably they just you know they they cut him. Uh, obviously, you have to make some tough choices. I think when you're juggling the roster, uh, but what that tells me is that maybe they feel like Sanchez and Beatty are close, and you know yeah. and they are an upgrade clearly. I think over Casimir, especially, but even Tropiano. So. I think if you're going to make a choice between, you know, those two, Sanchez and BD versus Chapiano and Casimir, then it's clear what the decisions be and they made it. Yeah, I mean, 
I mean, Nick Trapiano, I I don't know. I, I feel really bad for the guy. I think the guy... Oh, don't just, worry. He's going to end up on the Dodgers and then, you know... Probably. Probably. I, I think the guy got a really raw deal. You know, he... He's just been a weird case the whole year. I don't I don't understand what's going on there. He had a great year last year, but all he could get was a minor league contract. Then he gets the minor league contract. He gets called up by the Giants. He has, you know, f- you know, four or five outings, performs really well overall in those outings. They yo-yo him up and down, up and down, up and down. And then and then he gets DFA'd. And you're like what happened? Like, what did this guy do that didn't, that they didn't ask him to do that wasn't above and, you know, and beyond expectations. And I just, I just don't understand it. I don't understand the the thinking with Nick Trapiano, especially given some of the other people that we've seen come and go, especially even on the 40 man roster. So it is very confusing. I do agree though, that given the current setup and the way things are that, yeah, I think he did kind of end up being the last man out. And I think the reason he was DFA'd, he didn't have to be DFA'd. He he had an option left, so they could have kept moving him up and down. The The rumors are that he, well, there's not a, it's true that he had a contractual um, uh, date, a clause, where that said that if they didn't call him up to the major league roster before June 2nd, then he would be able to be released. Um, And this is pretty common. It's pretty common. It's a very common thing amongst veteran major league ball players. They get it. They sign a contract during spring training. And the idea is, is that they'll, they'll make the club either out of spring training or they will get called up for, for injury reasons before then. And then the idea is that they'll just stay on the team. Uh, That did happen. Trapiano did get called up before that date. And according to the letter of the contract, that means they could have then just played yo-yo with him. But generally speaking, when that happens, you know, that's not what anybody wanted to happen when they signed that contract. So who knows what happened here? You know, maybe he asked to be DFA because he didn't want to keep being yo-yoed. So who knows? I'm, I'm very curious to just see what happens to him. He'll go through waivers. Either he'll clear waivers and become a free agent. And maybe he'll go back to the Giants in that case, or somebody will claim him and and we'll just see what happens once he gets claimed. It'll be really interesting to see where he ends up, because that'll just give us more insight into what happened to him when he was on the Giants. Um, I really am curious, but really have no insight. And I don't think anybody really does based on what I've been reading. Casimir, I think Casimir is going to clear waivers and I think he'll go back to Sacramento. Uh, I, that's my expectation because, you know, he he didn't necessarily blow anyone away. No, he didn't. He didn't. But, you know, I think he, he proved that he could, you know, be useful in a pinch. And so, you know, I think that means he'll probably just go back to Sacramento if he wants to, you know, otherwise I think he's going to go back into retirement. That's, I think are his only options. I don't, I just don't see another team making a move on him at this point. But um, but anyway, uh, I I do think that that you're right. It, it does sound like either Sanchez or Beatty is going to be ready, and and then that probably means that they're expecting to get more help. The, the other thing I think for Trapiano and Casimir both is is that the other moves that they have made as part of the Merry Grow Ground that we were, we you and I were so 
anxious to get started going. They finally started cranking the merry-go-round on the bullpen, and that seems to have paid some dividends. And overall, the bullpen has been much, much better over the past couple of weeks. I think a large part of that is because of the merry-go-round, right? So Littell has been fantastic. Um, Connor Menez. Connor Menez, yeah, I think, you know, he hasn't had as many batters faced as others, but in the few that he has been great, he had a really great appearance today. I think he came in with the bases loaded and one out or maybe just two outs. And I know he he got, uh, he at least struck out the last batter to get out of a very serious jam and keep the Giants in the game. So, so yeah, so he's been great. Um, Harleen Garcia, when he came back from the IL. Harleen Garcia has been lights out since he yeah. came back from the off the IL and very, very different from how he was before he went. That <laughs> yeah, makes you think that he must have been hurt before, right? Maybe, I mean, yeah, maybe so, because he was really bad. Like, if you go look at his stats before and after him coming off the IL, it's like two different guys. Um, so it, it's it's pretty amazing. And uh, our favorite punching bag, uh, Jose Alvarez, has um, uh, improved. Been the worst one. Still been the worst. <laughs> He's improved. He's improved over the last couple of weeks. He's been slightly below average. Yes. So you know, and that's exactly of... what you want out of your bullpen, right? Slightly below average. <laughs> yeah. The other kid, the other kid they brought up is uh, Dominic Leon. And I'm not going to just, you know, be okay with Jose Alvarez, right? So, uh, you know, the whole right. year. I'm, Understood. I'm Understood. Okay. Understood. Right. Yeah. Even Dominic Leon, man, you know, coming up and, uh, you know, young, you know he, yeah, like he's, he's been okay. He's not been great. He's not been great. Um, but, but he's been okay. He's got good potential. I, I take him over, yeah. over Alvarez. You know, I know there was a righty versus a lefty, but still, sure. Well, we got plenty of lefties. So I sure. Feel like, sure. But I, I think the point though, is, is that they are starting to crank the merry-go-round. They are starting to bring guys up and, and this is actually what we expected to see in spring training and then didn't. And they're at least starting to let that run. Um, the one thing, though, that you and I have talked about is them trading to improve the bullpen. And why haven't they made a move? Why haven't they made a move? Yada, yada. Well, maybe we've just saw why they haven't made a move. And this is why you and I are fans and doing, you know, talking <laughs> about baseball for free. And those guys get paid to do it, which is because they were waiting for something like Evan Longoria to get hurt. Right. So. You know, I'm not saying this is a trigger for a trade or anything, but like the point is, is that, yeah, at some point you might find yourself in a situation where if you 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 need a different piece. And and so they were just kind of waiting it out. Right. To see actually what their true needs were going to be. And that's why they were waiting so long. Yeah. Well, and Um, and did they they have the best record in the major leagues? Did, Did they really need to make a change yet? Yes, <laughs> of course they did. Did you not see opening day? Did you yeah, not well, see the Mother's Day massacre? I I feel like Jose Alvarez, you know, is, uh, yeah, has been dis- decided to go a long time ago. But uh, I mean, when know. fans everywhere start naming your blowout losses, you know, like that. I mean, everybody's calling them the opening day p- gut punch and the Mother's Day massacre now, right? Oh, everyone for yeah. sure. Right. Well, <laughs> everyone on this podcast, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> or at least at least 50%. <laughs> yeah, 50%, for sure. <laughs> you know who's back, too? Camilo. Camilo. That's right. Camilo's back. I, mean, I actually I actually pitch. thought about actually I did it did briefly cross my mind to 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 actually work on on the Camilo Rising cocktail. Yeah. But I was like, you know, no, 
No, I, I yeah, he's actually have to have risen. He's got to make an appearance. Sure. Yeah, yes, yeah. he's got to make an appearance, and so. But it'll be so it'll enough. be interesting because you know he really struggled with the confidence in his fastball, and you know, and and so it'll be interesting. I mean, he, I, I assume he pitched well, in, in when he went back down, I, I, you know, for him to get called back up, I assume, I, I haven't really looked at his stats, but it, you know, sometimes people, you know, need a couple of, you know chances to to work things out and and hopefully he did you know it'll be really cool to see you know what what he brings to the table now that he's oh i'm a fan a to work i'm out. a fan yeah like you know as oh, surprised as i like was crazy, to see him sure. get you know pulled up uh you know like yeah no i'm i'm a fan and i, I definitely want him to do well well so. and you know it, the, the biggest thing for me is is trying to tell the difference between zach latell and connor minettes you know and and it's like oh left-hander okay it's connor minettes but uh, you know, other than that, you know, big old redheaded beards. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, how often is that? I mean, like we, they should market that, like you know, two-headed redheaded beard monster, right, or two-handed monster. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> there's got to be, there's got to be some marketing. Uh, you know, they, they both have their giant colors, right, orange yeah. and black, and just. You know, what does it take uh, to bring down Justin Turner? Well, it takes two more. Two redheads. more redhead beards. Bearded yeah, redheads. Yeah. Yes. All right. Well, yeah, I, I think we've we've we've. We've talked a lot about the you know the current roster and how it uh, how it's assembled. Looking forward to next year, though, uh, you know it's been interesting to hear the media talk about you know I think it was a foregone conclusion that Buster Posey, certainly Brandon Crawford, and even Brandon Belt would be gone next year. You know they're all on their last year of their contract. I think Buster has an option, play, uh, a team option. Uh, but you know, there was some assumptions that were being made and, you know, there's a, you know, I think, uh, you know, Corey Seager and Trevor story are both, you know, free agents next year at the shortstop position. So there's a lot of speculation that the giants were going to spend some of their money on maybe a premier younger shortstop. And then, you know, and then Brandon Crawford goes and has a career year so far leads, you know, all major league shortstops and, you know, a bunch of uh, offensive categories uh, so what's going to happen next year? I feel like, I feel like now there's a lot of unanswered questions. I mean, on one hand, you, you kind of want Crawford back because he's proven it and he's been this lifelong giant. Um, but on the other hand, he's not young anymore. I mean, he'll be 35 next year. Yeah. You know, do you want a 35, 36 year old shortstop? Um, you know, so I, I feel like there's some questions there and personally, I'm torn, but I, I, I'm leaning towards, yes, bring Crawford back. Especially, I think he's mentioned that he would take a team-friendly deal. Maybe it's for a couple of years. Uh, certainly feels like, you know, he's got a couple of years left in him, but I wouldn't want him longer than, you know, two more years. But but then you're missing out on those guys. But then maybe by that time, you know, the the young guy, you know, is, is ready. I can't remember his name, but is ready to come up. Um, you know, Luciano. so... That's right. Yeah, Luciano. So, you know, uh, could he be the bridge to Luciano now? And, mm. you know, and so, yeah, what do you think as far as these these contracts and what the Giants are going to do this year? Well, yeah, I mean, it's Brandon Belt, Brandon Crawford, so the Brandons, and, and then Buster Posey. And, I, you know, also the last three Giants that have 2014 rings, yep. right? And so that last bridge to to the past uh, to the last great era and you know i i think first of all like i as a fan i have a, a deep appreciation for all three of those players i mean you know i buster posey is i think 
I mean, you, you know, he's just how, how can you not appreciate and love what he's done for the Giants? And I think, you know, at the beginning of the season, right before opening day, I, I, I talked about, you know, what, you know, what could Buster do? And and I said, you know, we needed to see one more great season so he could solidify his Hall of Fame standings. And I think he has done exactly that. I think this. Well, I think be- you said 12 home runs. Right, I said he needed to hit 13 home runs. I believed that he was going to hit as many home runs as, as uh, Logan Webb Logan. was going to win baseball games, and they were going to both do 13. Uh, and so, so yeah, I mean, and, and right now he's on pace to, to blow that away. And, um, and I think he has, I think with this, he has just kind of reminded everybody of how great of a player he is. And I think now it's really interesting because, you know, I've seen him on a lot of different television broadcasts, you know, because I like to listen to the opposing team's broadcasts because I love to just wallow in other people's misery. And, uh, and also, and then, and then so the cool. Giants, the Giants have been on, yeah, well, what are you going to do? Some people are bad people. I'm one of them. Uh, you know, so, but also I've seen him be talked about on a lot of other broadcasts because the Giants have been on, you know, the national game of the week or, or the YouTube game or whatever. And um, and a lot of people are saying, no, he's a definitive Hall of Famer. And I don't know that they would have said that if he hadn't had the beginning to this season. I, I think, mm. you know, I think he probably would have eventually been voted into the Hall of Fame. But now I think it's like, just, yes, this is like... You know, I don't know they're, reminded. A, they're reminded. Yeah, they're how reminded. They're reminded. And this, you know, this, I think, is just sort of like he's still Buster Posey and we still all remember what he did and what he brings. Um, so. So, yeah. So I love all three of these guys. But, uh, you know, I think the, the you know, I think I think it's to me, the answers are obvious. So so Brandon Belt is a free agent. Uh, Brandon Crawford is a free agent. Buster Posey has an option, a team option or a buyout. And I believe the option is $33 million and the buyout is $3 million. So that's a big difference, right? And um, and the other two are free agents. I, I, I think this is really hard for me to say, but I think they got to let Brandon Belt just go. Like, just, yeah, he's just, no. And um, Crawford, I'm on the fence about. I, I really feel like... I mean, maybe if it works out the way that you said, like, you know, he signs a short term contract or it's not really expensive and he's the bridge to Tyro Estrada. I just don't Luciano. see him. Don't say Tyro Estrada. Sorry. Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. The bridge to Luciano. Correct. The bridge to Luciano. Uh, th- I mean, maybe maybe it could work out that way, especially given how at a high level he is performing this year, both defensively and offensively, which is just remarkable, uh, you know, especially with his power, you know. So I, I think maybe that's OK, but I don't know, you know, just he's 34 years old. And but at the same time, he's just such an important, important part of their lore. Right. It's not just that he well, first of all, he's played more games at shortstop than any other giant ever. Not just, you know, of all giants. And 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 he was part of those, you know, those World Series teams. And then he had so many moments in those World Series and those playoff runs. And also he's a local boy. You know, I mean, everybody always likes to talk about that story, how he was at the last game of the season, the year they were supposed to move away to to St. Petersburg and and he was holding that sign of like that says, you know, please don't go or whatever it said. And and he is just such a, you know, deep part of this team. It's it seems almost impossible for them to just let him go. But at the same time, it's just like, does he fit? 
and I don't know that he fits. And, you know, it, it's always hard to say goodbye. And, you know, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm on the fence about that. So I guess the only way that it makes sense that he goes is if they go, they get Trevor Story or Corey Seager. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, they got to land one of those big guys. They got to land a big guy that's going to be around for a while. Because don't give me some, like, you know, some caretaker shortstop that's going to be there for a couple years until Luciano's ready. No, right. if you're going to do that, and, Brand, right. and, and Brandon Crawford has said he would take a hometown deal to stay, then, then you know, take Crawford. Well, at the same time, who's going to give Brandon Crawford a huge contract at this point in his career? Like, right. No, he's not going to get the huge Right. I mean, just nobody's going to want to give him a lot of years. Right. At best, he's going to get a lot of money for a short period of time. And and then, yeah, if he's willing to take a discount, then, yeah, I think the Giants should absolutely be uh, should take it, given the way he has played this year. And and then I, w- I would say know, two years and a club option for a third. I mean, you know, I think that that would be. Yeah, that would good. probably be the best. Yeah. And I think, you know, and then maybe he could be if if. You know, if he falls off, because, you know, I don't I want to presume. I mean, you know, who knows? But like 37 is pretty old yeah. for a for a shortstop. And so you presume he's going to fall off. But maybe he could be the veteran on the bench who's, you know, um, uh, you know, got power off the bench and he's there to help, you know, guide some young guys that are that are now playing every day. So. So, yeah, I, I think that is a scenario that could play itself out really, really well when it comes to Buster Posey. Sign him. Uh, yeah. Sign him. I think, and maybe even renegotiate that contract, and yes. give him give him one of those era giant forever deals. Yes, and right. I and I think yeah, he said that he doesn't want to play for anyone else. So having said that, then okay, let's work something out because we're not going to pay thirty three million for one year, but maybe right. we pay you thirty three million over the next two, you know, and you know, and keep that guaranteed money, give him a two year deal. Uh, and then along with a, as soon as you retire, you get to be, you know, grand poobah of the San Francisco giants or, you know, or whatever he wants to do. Right. I mean, <laughs> <A> manager, <laughs> did you say something? What? Uh, yeah, I, I didn't, but, uh, what? manager, maybe I, you know, I, uh, he certainly has managerial qualities for sure. Uh, so, but, I uh, mean, there's times when when I see Homer Bailey or not, sorry, Homer, uh, Andrew Bailey walk out there or even Kapler walk out there and you look at them and 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 they're not talking. Yeah, they're it's at Buster, Buster talking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. You know. Yeah. I, 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 well, I Yeah. How many other catchers? I mean, who, who are you going to who are you who's going to say they know more than Buster? Right. I mean, you know, that this guy is a hall of famer. I mean, you don't, you don't come out there and tell Buster what to do. Buster yeah. I mean, I think, I think the only other guy is, is Yadier. Oh, of course. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're the only I two mean, in the same conversation. Yeah. For sure. I mean, that's, you know, the kind of the, the yin and the yang. And they will always be kind of connected. Right? Yeah. I think they're always going to be a pair, you know? Yeah. Um, okay. So Brandon Belt is gone in your eyes. Brandon Belt is definitive is definitely gone in my eyes. So is there someone on the current roster that takes his spot or are they going hunting? I I think they go hunting. I, I think they go hunting. I don't really see anybody that seems super ready to replace him. I don't see anybody. I mean, I think they have a lot of options over the current, you know, list of guys. But the, the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, 
I mean, look, if, if Brandon Belt's the best option that you have amongst all the free agents that are available, then you should sign him. Right. Like that's mm-hmm. obvious. Right. Like take the best guy that you can get. And if that ends up being Brandon Belt, given the market and everything else and how things shake out, then then that's fine. But but, you know, and so I don't mean like definitively you have to get rid of him and don't bring him back. What I mean is, is, you know, consider him the same way that you would consider the rest of your options and take the best option that you think you have for the team's future. That's how I think they should approach Brandon Belt, and that's how I think they will approach Brandon Belt. Now, it may shake out that he is, you know, the best option that they can get, uh, you know, next year, and, and, and they sign him to some sort of contract that, that behooves them, that fits them. But, you know, it's the same thing with Crawford as with Belt. He's, he's, he's getting older. He's definitely not somebody that you're going to invest into for a long-term thing. But, you know, if they can't find somebody better than him, then, you know, he's probably still going to be pretty good. And so, you know, well, I mean, if it's, he can stay yeah. healthy, right? I mean, he's if he can home. stay healthy, which, of course, we know he can't. I, yeah. I, <laughs> and that's another reason why I think they should they should begin to think of moving on, like, f- from well, the, from Belt. But the, I mean, the, I don't know who's available, options. honestly. Well, the, I'll tell you, I mean, the two other options that are Belt-like are Freddie Freeman and Anthony Rizzo. So those are the two the uh, first basemen that are on the market next year. Oh, wow. uh, they're they're both a couple years younger. Yeah, so... I think that's the difference. Um, hmm. Wow, they're going to cost a lot though, and they're probably yes. going to cost you more than you will want them to cost in a couple of years. Yeah. So they're probably going to demand four year contracts at least. Yeah. Well, Freddie Freeman made twenty two million dollars this year. Yeah. Brandon oh. Belt's salary this year is seventeen. So um, Anthony Rizzo is about the same. Yeah, I mean Freeman's a better, yeah, right? I mean Freeman's, Freeman's better than Brandon Belt. I mean, like you know, I like Brandon Belt and all, but like overall, Freeman's had a better career. He's um, two years younger, so do you do a three or four year contract with Freddie Freeman at twenty five million each or something? Ugh, I, you know, I mean, God, I'm so cheap. I'm cheap. Like if, <laughs> if you're playing, if you're asking me to play GM, I'm cheap. Like I, I really, and and it's not so, so much you're going that I'm Lamont cheap. Wade Jr. as your yeah, like station. yeah, like. But I'm not. It's not so much that I'm cheap. I just don't like long term contracts, especially for veteran players. Yeah, you know, like, and I mean Freeman's only thirty one. Well, okay, so Freeman's thirty one, and Belt and Crawford are thirty four now. If Freeman can perform at the level that those guys are performing when they're th- that when he's thirty four, then they are. So then, sure, yeah, okay. That that would guarantee me 32, 33, 34, a three-year contract. Give him a four-year contract, and I'll gamble on that fourth year. Sure. Yes, I would take a Freddie Freeman. Um, and uh, Rizzo, is he the same age? Is he also 31? He's, he's 30. Yeah. Spotrack says that Freeman and Rizzo are 32, but that may be for next year's. You know, yeah, year's I think that would be. Yeah, they're 31 this year. This is their 31 year. And so that'll be 32. So, yeah, 32, 33, 34. Uh, they're both the same age. Uh, Freeman is a better player over his career, but Rizzo is having a better year this year. Is that correct? I think so. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, well, so Freeman's batting average, so his slash is 233, 360, 455 for an 815 OPS. He's hit 13 home runs this year. Good power. Um, yeah, I mean, and his OPS plus is above average. So, yeah, he's still an above average 
player. He is, um, and then compared to Rizzo, Rizzo is not having quite as good of a year OPS-wise, but OPS plus, oh, because he's having a better, oh, because of the park he's playing in versus where, I mean, they're both playing in hitters' parks. That's the other thing. Are they both lefties? Rizzo's a lefty. Is yeah, Freeman both lefties. Lefty? So all three of them are lefties. Yeah, oh, all three uh, of them are lefties. I don't know. Either either one of them going to want to play in San Francisco. Yeah, that's, that's the other thing. That's right? the other yeah. thing. I mean, Rizzo's not hitting for much power as it is this year. He's only got five home runs compared to Freeman's 13. So, I mean, that actually looks very Brandon Belt-like to me, quite honestly. Yeah. yeah. Um, defensively, probably a downgrade with both of them, but not by much. Um. Both great clubhouse guys, though. Uh, so, you know, uh, yeah, I would take either of those guys over Belt, I think, because of the age difference. Yeah. I think that's primarily what it is. And, and the, the health-wise, right? I mean, I think yeah, oh, and health-wise, yeah. I would expect both of them to be more healthy than than Brandon Belt. They're veteran players, right? So there's always that risk. Yeah. Um, but I would I would expect them to be healthier than Belt just because of Belt's history. Um, and... Uh, so, so yeah, I think if those guys are available, you know, I just wouldn't break the bank on them. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, at least not yet. You know, I, I, I think the Giants, you know, you and I talked about this and you're like, when is the Giants going to, are the Giants going to be good? And really the question was, when is the, the, the way I heard I think the question. you said like 2024. Yes, so. right. But the way I heard the question is, when can we count on the minor leagues to start churning out? players on a year-to-year basis with this new revamped farm system and that was really what i meant because i you know i did hedge my bets a little bit later and i said well you know they could go sign guys in 2023 2022 now i think is probably so yeah i mean i think i think the giants could start as should start building up some free agent signings next year and the year after and then we'll start to see these replacement guys come up after that so that's why I wouldn't want to sign too many um, super expensive contracts that sort of don't keep your flexibility as you wait for your farm system to finally be able to churn out the great players year after year after year. Um, but, you know, also so the way some of these guys are performing in the minor leagues, you know, they might be ahead of schedule. So, like, you know, I think we could see some guys get called up at the end of this year and um and then and then some guys will get their cups of coffee next year and then they'll all be in contention to be everyday players in the season off after that which is 2023 but i yeah i don't know of any first basemen that are kind of in that pipeline no no agreed agreed but then it's then but you know like think about it we're waiting for luciano and we're waiting for ramos you know i I, those guys are they both going to be contributing players for the san francisco giants in 2022 i don't think so i think it's 2023 at best or 2024 especially for luciano right and in 2024 you know uh freeman and rizzo are both going to be 34 you know which like we said maybe that's the last year of that contract and then and then they can go find a different person you know that's available sooner than that uh, or that's available after that right so so, you know, I don't know. I mean, maybe it works out. Yeah. But it's it's an interesting it's an interesting thought exercise to be sure. But, um, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know how that's all going to play out. OK, well, yeah. So that's about future contracts and all that. And and uh, uh, so I guess we're kind of running up against the hour. But I know you had uh, apparently we, we made a mistake. 
<laughs> yeah, it was so while I was looking at these stats for 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 Rizzo and Freeman, I did see that I had actually pulled up Mr. Patrick Wisdom, giant killer. Uh, and we were totally wrong on 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 his history. His history oh. is very interesting, actually. He this is his fourth season in the bigs. Um, really? Yeah, he actually made his debut when he was 26 with St. Louis in 2018. He had a great uh, 32 games, and I don't know the story there, but he played only 32 games, but he hit 260 with a 360 on base percentage and a 520 slugging percentage for an OPS plus of 139. But yeah, but it was only 32 games. So I don't know if that was like, was he a late season call up? Did he get hurt? But then the next year he was with the Rangers and he only played nine games and was bad in those nine games. And then, and then he did play for the Cubs in 2020, but he only played two games. And had no hits. And he's only been with the team this year. Uh, I think today was his 13th game with the Cubs. That's so interesting. he has been on a tear since since he has been with the team. But yeah. uh, sounds, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I suspect there were some, some, some injuries in there that were probably derailed him. But it sounds like he's... At least for at least for a brief period right now, you know, much to the Giants' dismay today, uh, is putting it all together and uh, is finally hitting his stride. So, um, so not a rookie, but that's why you and I haven't heard about him because he hasn't he hasn't been around much. But uh, but he has had flashes of greatness in the past. So this yeah, is well, yeah, it seems like he hit for power in that first season, and then just whatever you know, whatever happened afterwards, he had some. Yeah, couple couple down years, and then wow, and then he decides well, to him. get healthy. Yeah, good for him. Sucks for the Giants because you know, <laughs> for sure. Adding another giant killer to the list here. Well, the good news is they only got three more games against those guys in Chicago at some point. <laughs> Just don't pitch to Patrick Wisdom. That's right. Don't pitch to Wisdom. The wisdom would be not to. That's right. Pitch the to wisdom is don't. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, I think our, our wisdom is that we should be done here. Uh, wrapping it up. Um, good talking with you this week. And unless uh, uh, we should probably tell everybody where they can find us. If you're on Twitter or Instagram, you can find us at at Giant Cocktails. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at at Sonoma Y Guy. Ben, where can they find you? They can find me on both Twitter and Instagram at Watch Ben Fail. And uh, yeah, come and say hello. Yep. And, you know, please like or subscribe to the podcast if you're enjoying it. Uh, interact with us on Twitter and, and Instagram. Let us know you're listening. Love to hear from you. And uh, hope to see you guys next week. With that, Ben, cheers. Cheers. See you next time. Bye, everybody. <laughs>